0: 38 to three map of Sal Capaccio joining you after the bills. What's the word? What do we want to use? Stomp smush. Like what's the, what's the proper word here?
1: I mean, I used dominate, but I think that's just too kind of common, right? I mean, we could use so many different adjectives to describe this one. It was, it really was pretty incredible how the bills beat the Steelers in whatever adjective you want to call it.
0: I saw an unbelievable tweet. I don't know who put it out there, but the bills scored the game winning play less than one minute into the game. (laughs) (laughs) Think about that. They scored their first touchdown. I think 50 seconds into the game. That was enough to win the game. Those seven points that they scored on the 98 yard pass from Josh Allen to Gabe Davis. I mean, the bills Dom, like you said, dominated, just destroyed whatever really word you want to use. It was, it was never a doubt. It was one of those games. The last couple of weeks, people have come up to both of us and they've been like, guys, when is this team going to go back to the dominating wins instead of these close games? Like we, we can't take this for 17 weeks. Well, you didn't have to take it today because a minute into this one, they scored the game winning points in the game. So yeah. And, and this is going to sound crazy Sal. And I think there's probably going to be people who are listening to this and they're like, what is Matt talking about? I don't even think the bills played close to their best game. Of oh my God. Today.
1: No, they oh made God.
0: so many. That's so many. They made several mistakes that I don't think they normally make. That would have had this. Of uh, This would have been a 50 burger. Easy. I mean, think about it. it they had, been. they had a Josh Allen interception in the red zone on a pass that was late. And Levi Wallace makes the interception. They had a Quentin Morris fumble on first and goal from the one that would have took, you know, took seven points off the board and they had a missed or a blocked field goal right there. That's 17 points.
1: Yeah. This game should have been even more of a dominant performance on the scoreboard than it actually was. But as it was, Matt, <laughs> yes. pretty incredible domination from the Bills. I want to run by a couple of stats. I did some research on this. I had to write my arrow up, arrow down column for WGR550.com. And just before you and I started doing this, I I published it. But part of what I do is when I do the column, I kind of have to put some things in perspective. So I go back and look and I research and I went to pro football reference and it just stuck out to me. The Bills had 10.2 yards per play. And I want to just tell everybody how incredible this is. 10.2 yards a play is the third highest in a game in NFL history. Dang, history. Dang, that's bananas. 10.2 yards. The only other uh times 1972 the Jets actually had 10.6 yards of play against the Baltimore Colts. And then just five years ago in 2017, the chiefs had 10.3 yards of play and a loss against the jets, by the way, but the bills 10.2 is the third highest in the history of this league. This is historical domination. What the bills had today, their previous high for uh, yards per play 9.3 in 2000 against the Seattle Seahawks. That was, they just shattered that record that goes to show you, um, just how much they were dominant in the big playability. They also had incredibly 10 plays of 21 or yards yards or more, five plays of 31 yards or more. Matt, we haven't even begun talking about the defense. <laughs> this is just on offense what the Bills did today. The big playability, the quick strike ability, touchdown drives. Get this one, folks. Touchdown drives of one play, two plays, three plays, another two plays, and eight plays. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. Also, you think Gabe Davis is healthy. What a difference that guy can make. Just extending, stretching the field and just beating teams over the top. An unbelievable throw from Josh Allen. You were down on the field, so you had a better feel of it than I did. But it looked like on that first touchdown, so the 98-yard pass, it looks like that from the press box was dead into the wind. And it was was just... Perfect. Right into his hands. He split the two. I think he split Levi Wallace and I don't know if it was Fitzpatrick, but it was somebody else in the secondary split the two of them. Josh hits him over the top 98 yard touchdown. So that play was huge. Then obviously you have the one handed catch where he um, pulls it away from Fitzpatrick. That was exceptional. And then like, He had the really nice, pretty pass, touch pass to Shakir. He had several big runs in this game. Quinton Morris had a big catch. They did this without on offense, at least no Dawson Knox, Mm -hmm. no Isaiah McKenzie, no Jamison Crowder, no Jake Kumro. So they are, you know. A little bit of a ways down the depth chart here. I mean, Khalil Shakir, we've talked about a lot on this podcast. He's a fifth round pick from this season, and he was making a difference today. Stefan Diggs, they're using him how they need to. 11 targets, over 100 yards, a touchdown. Once again, one of the best players on the field, Gabe Davis was Mr. Efficient. Josh Allen, we said had a couple throws that he normally makes that he probably wants back, but you know, still casually went over 400 yards, four touchdowns, added a bunch of rushing yards. Probably going to be the AFC offensive player of the week and just building on to this MVP resume that he has started 5 weeks into the season.
1: Yeah, no doubt. By the way, we're uh, over five minutes into this. We might as well. Uh, we 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 haven't even told everybody. I'm Sal. You're Matt. You're like, thanks for coming. Right. I uh, just want to make sure everybody knows who we are talking to you on this. Always yeah. Buffalo podcast. There's so much to get to, but I want to go back to what you talked about in those uh, touchdown passes. Yes, Matt, I was on the field and that was dead into the wind. That wind was a lot of times it swirls down there. It really wasn't, especially early in the game. It was going really from left to right. If you're watching on TV from the scoreboard end to the tunnel end, and that's where Josh was throwing it after a disastrous start and a kick return that was fumbled by Taiwan Jones and the Bills started at their two yard line, three plays later he hits Gabe Davis on a rope and yeah, they beat Minka. I think Levi was back there, by the way, I think Minka Fitzpatrick, he Minka Fitzpatrick, excuse me, he was just, he was playing on one leg today. It seemed like he was hobbling mm-hmm. around, or maybe not hobbling, but he was, he was definitely playing catch up on a lot of guys and including then on that play against Gabe Davis, the second touchdown, which I want to talk about for a second. If you go back and watch the replay, everyone, Gabe Davis tipped the ball with one hand into makeup. Fitzpatrick's belly. Fitzpatrick yeah. had it. And then Gabe turned around essentially and ripped it out of his belly. They crossed the goal line kind of simultaneous. I would even say Matt, Minka had the ball more than Gabe had the ball. Like he had more of the possession or leverage, if you will, on the ball. Gabe ripped it out and said, no, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure that I get this. This is after Gabe Davis arguably may have, should have been able to break up an interception from Levi Wallace in the end zone earlier than that. This time he wasn't going to be denied. And then Josh Allen overall on his day, just to give you his numbers here and to put it in perspective, Josh Allen on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers, everyone set a bills franchise record for a non-overtime game for yards passing. The previous record was 417 yards set by Drew Bledsoe in 2002 in a non-overtime game. Josh Allen had 424, and he didn't play really <laughs> almost all of the fourth quarter.
0: I was kind of thinking, I told this to somebody in the press box. I don't remember who I was having the conversation with. And they were like, why is Josh Allen still in the game? It was after the... It was after the drive, I think, when Quentin Morris had the fumble.
1: We had the same conversation uh, on the radio, for sure. and
0: And he came out again for one more drive. And the question was, why is Josh Allen still in the game? Which is an incredibly valid question. I don't think he should have been in the game. I honestly think he's still in the game to continue to build an MVP rest. I think the bills want him to win most valuable player. I think they want him to put up just bananas numbers. And I think he's capable of it. I also think that they really do value spreading the wealth out. This yeah. was a big Brian Dable thing back in the day, Yep, but I believe that they find value in trying to have other people on the offense, get a taste of success so they can lean on them more down the road. There is a reason they try to shuffle past a Quentin Morris. Today we saw Khalil Shakir's first touchdown. We saw Isaiah Hodgins first NFL catches. We saw Kyrie Elam's first interception. We saw James Cook's first touchdown. Like Brian Dable would never publicly. I don't think say this, but they absolutely were going for the record a couple of years ago of trying to have the most players on offense, catch a touchdown or record, you know, get a touchdown. They came up short. I'm sure they're still trying to do it right now, even with Dable no longer there they take pride in that. So I don't think that that reward outweighs the risk of having Josh Allen on the field, but I do think there is something to it. I think that's why those guys are still out there.
1: And I think that's exactly why I agree hundred percent with you. I think that's exactly why they tried a shovel pass to Quentin Morris to get him that fifth touchdown for Josh to have five, Josh have five. Yes, exactly. An extra guy get one, right. I think it was part of the deal there. You know, the bills actually, Josh threw a ball into the end zone. Like I said, for Gabe Davis, you could argue that kid had six touchdown passes today, but I mean, you know, those things happen. Uh, mm-hmm. Quentin Morris wound up fumbling on that play, but yeah, you're 100% right. Let's go back to what you said about Khalil Shakir a little while ago. James Cook, Kyrie Elam. Matt, the common thread is 2022 draft class. This was a great day for the Bills' front office. The 2022 draft class stepped up big. Khalil Shakir had 75 yards and his first NFL touchdown. James Cook finally gets going a little bit has his first NFL touchdown. Kyer Elam, who, by the way, they picked on a little bit early in the game. They were Mm -hmm. testing him, comes up with his first career interception. And oh, by the way, Terrell Bernard comes in and has six total tackles. So this was a great day for the Bills 2022 draft class, for the front office to feel good about him, and for the Bills to say, look, we have depth we can rely on when guys are down, when guys are out, you know, they haven't rushed anybody back and they don't need to rush anybody back. Matt, they, I think they're really building that confidence for those players to be in this situation and the way they perform today kind of exudes that confidence throughout the team, throughout the locker room and the fan base.
0: 38 to three players that they did not have on the field that are notable Tredavious white. We expect him back sometime relatively soon. Jordan Poyer. I think if this was a more important game or a game later in the season, we would have probably seen him on the field. Same thing can be said for Tremaine Edmonds. He missed this game. Dawson Knox. He did not play in this game. Micah Hyde. Obviously we know what happened with him. He's going to miss the rest of the season. Christian Benford, who started the year at corner instead of Kier Elam, is not of av- not available we think we'll be soon. Isaiah McKenzie didn't clear concussion protocol. He missed this game. Jake Kumaro looks like he's going to come back relatively soon with a high ankle sprain. We just said one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight players, eight players who played significant roles on this team that were not on the field today. And they still won 38 to three. And I think that they've gotten through we've talked a lot and a lot of people have talked about the gauntlet. That was the beginning of their schedule and they have two. Well, they have one incredibly tough game coming up and one game against the Packers. I don't think the Packers are that good. I think they're going to beat the Packers, but the chiefs are really, really tough. I think most bills fans at the beginning of the year, Let's say they split these games and we're getting ahead of ourselves. There's a chance they could lose both. There's a chance that they could win both. But if they split these next two games and they start the season five and two after those seven games that they had, I think most Bills fans would have been like, yeah, absolutely. We might run the table after that. They won't because weird things happen in this league, but they are setting themselves Two weeks ago, we were recording a podcast after they lost to the dolphins and they were two and one, and they weren't even in first place in their division. At that point, they now have the best record in the AFC. We are recording this on Sunday night. If the chiefs, if the chiefs win tomorrow, they will have the best record. The bills and the chiefs will both be four and one. I think the chiefs have the tiebreaker at that point. So next Sunday, that game is for first in the AFC. And I understand how much football is left to be played, but imagine if the bills are in first place in the afc after playing the seven games at the schedule at the start of the year that they had
1: yeah i mean that's a great point because right now the separation is starting to happen after three four weeks you know everybody's bundled up we talked we saw miami i obviously have a nice start to the season We saw them lose to the jets on Sunday. They're falling back to the pack and the bills are getting back to what I would say is their rightful spot of where everybody expected them to be in the AFC. I want to bring up one more point before we get to a quick timeout. Today was a great day, not just for the bills on the field and the scoreboard, Matt, with all their injuries, I'm pretty sure they came out of this game clean. The only two issues that they had, I think were Von Miller's cramp and Taryn Johnson's cramp. I I don't remember or recall because I get the injury reports right there on the sidelines. That's my job as the radio sideline reporter. Yeah. I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that was it. I don't think there was anything else for a Buffalo bills player in this game.
0: Jordan Phillips, hamstring, re-injured. Hamstring. His hamstring. Thank
1: you very much for reminding me, but he went back in the game, but he went back in the game, he went yes. back in the game, but you're right. You're right. So, If, if, if Jordan was good enough to go back in the game and they think, he's okay, they came out completely clean, but that's something we're going to have to monitor. You mentioned Isaiah McKenzie. We'll see where that goes. He, he didn't wind up playing the concussion protocol situation there. I was very surprised by that, by the way, me too. I I really, I I really think it had anything to do with the new protocols and what they're putting in place a
0: little bit. Honestly, I think it's like just kind of air on the side of caution and make sure that you You don't want to be that team, right? You don't want to be that team. And I really do think, I know the cliches. It's hard to win in the NFL. Every game is difficult. I really do think that if they played the Chiefs this week, Jordan Poyer would have been on the field. Tremaine Edmonds would have been on the field Isaiah McKenzie would have been on the fields. The list goes on, but because they were playing a team at home that they know they're better than, I think they were being overcautious with a lot of those players. I, I really do. Nobody would yeah. ever say that they would never admit that, but that's how I feel.
1: And, and, and I'll say this. I agree with you, but I don't think they held them out necessarily for the chiefs. I think they held them out with the big picture in mind. Exactly. Just so happens the chiefs are the next team. Mm -hmm. But I I do think I agree with you. that They were, they're going to play the long game here because they have the roster to do it. Right. They have the depth to do it and say, we don't have to push these guys. We can, we can play, we can win with the guys that we have behind them. And today was kind of the perfect storm and perfect scenario to prove that. So let's, um, let's step aside just for a second. And then let's talk about the defense because the offense put up some great numbers, uh, but the defense, they were able to obviously do their part as well.